Welcome to the 3D Print Entrepreneur Podcast hosted by Print That Thing, where we help you become a 3D print designer. I'm your host, Jaywell, and today's episode, we're gonna be talking to Thomas, AKA the 3D printing guru. He has over 94,000 TikTok followers and is a Polymaker partner. He believes that additive manufacturing is the future because of its ability to be sustainable and operate on a reduced waste framework. We had a great chat about his experience as a young entrepreneur, an influencer, and a 3D print guru. He provides insight on micro content, working with resin, remixing designs, and working with clients. Before we dive into the interview, let's get a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Print That Thing, an educational platform that helps you become a 3D print designer within 30 days. We provide easy to digest lessons that compound so you can learn fast. Sure, you can learn 3D print design on YouTube, but we teach a unique and flexible workflow not found anywhere else. You'll learn by doing while creating 10 unique designs, giving you a strong foundation to get you 3D printing your own ideas. If you want to unleash your superpower of 3D print design, become a member at PTT.live for designs courses and community hey welcome back everybody today we have a 3d printing consultant thomas aka 3d printing guru what's up thomas hey jason how's it going thank you so much for having me today yeah it's going slow and steady thanks for joining me uh but yeah i just want to talk to you about 3d printing and entrepreneurship and kind of we can just kick it off with like how did you get started with this or kind of how did you get into 3d printing Definitely. Yeah. So my 3D printing journey actually started way back when I was in high school. It was around 2014. And this was when 3D printing kind of started to become more of a democratized technology. And I actually bought my own 3D printer with my savings. And I started my own business, which was back then called TK 3D printing. TK 3D printing. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a small service bureau in the greater New Haven, Connecticut area. And we really focused on making custom keychains for companies. And it was super fun. It was something to do after school, and it really started that entrepreneurial mindset that I have today. It caused me to go to business school for university, and it's really led me down the path to where I am today. It's been an incredible journey, and every day something new and exciting comes out with the industry, and it's, it's an incredible place to be. That's beautiful. Wow, that's crazy. So you got started, did you, in your high school, did you have like access to 3D printers there, or did, were you just like, I got to get a 3D printer? Yeah, we did not have access to 3D printers until I told them that we needed to have them. Nice. So what did they end up getting? They ended up getting a Lulzbot back then. The options were really just Lulzbot or MakerBot. Mm-hmm. Um, the the China printers, if you will, didn't exist yet. They came right, out right. two or three years later. But um, it was an interesting dynamic then with the, with the printers. Everything was still kind of high cost, but... Things started to really go down in cost from there. So it's really interesting to see the change from then to today. Definitely. Yeah. And then just price point, really. So like when you said you said you were doing keychains, that's cool. I didn't know. So like, were you like getting companies logos and be like, hey, I can make your logo? Is like, how did that come? Yeah. Well, tell us that story. Yes. So um, the biggest thing was like the, the surprise factor. If you could really like just show up out of nowhere and be like, look at these things that I can make and I can make them for you and you can give them out or you can sell them whatever you want to do. Like I used to work with some YouTubers and create actual merch for them that they would sell on their website. Wow. It was, it was just the coolest thing ever because for them to have this made in like a big batch, it'd be super expensive because they're not making it themselves. But because I can make things like an individual unit at cost, it's, it was so much simpler. Definitely. So were you printing those in like FDM or were you using like the resin for those or both? Yeah. So um, I was actually using FDM and different like sanding techniques to give them a nice finish. But, um, because keychains are relatively two-dimensional when it comes to like surface, 
Uh, they, they tend to print easily, quickly with nice finishes, even without having the best printer. So it was a win-win. That's got, I love, I love the entrepreneur spirit at such a young age. So you said you started 3d printing, so you kind of got a taste of it. Was there anything that, that like kind of triggered something where I'm like, ah, let me try something else. Or you said you went to business school. I did. So, um, yeah, how did really that evolve? Was <laughs> I, I started seeing 3d printers, like videos of them on the internet. Cause they, they were starting to pop up here and there back then. And I realized like, oh, there's, there's definitely money that can be made here. What, how can I take this technology and do something new with it? And it was kind of where the idea of like mass customization was coming out. So I, I knew that that's what I was going to go for. So I, I spent the 500 bucks. I bought that printer and my immediate goal was make the money back in the first three months. That was the goal. That's and beautiful. We, I ended up doing that in like four weeks by having just one good size client. And then it just kind of kept going from there. It was never like a, a huge thing, but it was, it was fun. And it showed like a proof of concept for me that this Definitely. is something you can do. And the biggest thing that I came, that came out of that was that the area I knew the least about was marketing. So ah. I decided what better to go to school for than marketing. Good. Yeah. See, I, so I was, I came from art school. So I was like, I didn't understand sales and marketing. So I'm kind of in that same where like, I got to learn this and kind of just throw yes. myself out there, but it is hard. So you, I noticed that you're mainly doing micro content and I love micro content, but you're mainly doing on TikTok. I see, but you don't do a YouTube channel or anything like that. Do you? I don't. And I think one of the main reasons that I don't do that is the, the amount of time it takes to create that kind of content. I think there's definitely something to be said. I highly respect YouTubers that create really long quality content. But um, for me, I, I prefer to get straight to the point. I think that you can pack the same punch with 30 seconds rather than 20 minutes. Um, I think there are definitely benefits to being on the YouTube platforms and monetary benefits, but I'm more than happy being on TikTok right now, creating that short form content and reaching numbers of people that I couldn't even imagine. Before Millions of people. Yeah, dude. No, I'm right Millions. there with you. I, Cause I started in like YouTube world cause I'm a filmmaker. So I was like, I'm starting in YouTube, but then I kind of got, I don't know, just something. I just kind of got bored with it. And then I started doing the Instagram. And then when TikTok came in, I was like, oh my gosh, micro content is like it, I, the way I think of it. You know how we're like rapid prototyping all the time, right? Yeah. We're rapid prototyping like video concepts. That's the way mm -hmm. I think of it. It's like, exactly. It's so much fun. So I, I recommend, or do you recommend anyone who like wants to get started, do you recommend them starting like a TikTok or anything like that to kind of showcase their, their work or their prints? Why not? I think it's a place where you're going to learn. Um, that's kind of my main use of TikTok is to teach people about 3D printing. My, my main goal is to like democratize 3D printing. I want people to be comfortable with it. I want people to understand that it's not that expensive anymore. It is an attainable product at this point. And I think that posting content somewhere, you're, you're going to start a discussion. And the only thing that can come from that is learning something. So there's value in it either way. Definitely. I like how your yours are very like helpful. Like I was looking, I was trying to think, cause a lot of times I'm just like posting just things, you know, but yours is like, you're helping people and giving them like really nice, like just tips and essentially, but then I also noticed that you're doing a lot of ASMR. When did that come about? Or how did you kind of get into that, yeah. that realm too? So um, it was actually back, my first video was about making like a Joy-Con controller for a Nintendo Switch, but um, when that video did really well, I wanted to also use some sort of resin-based content and literally sitting on my desk was this really cool 3D print from when I was working at Forums. It was printed in tough resin and then electroplated with nickel and steel or aluminum. Mm -hmm. And it made the print super strong and it was a lattice. 
So what I really wanted to show is the non-electroplated print being stepped on and then the electroplated one being stepped on. And I could stand on the electroplated print. It could hold wow. my weight. That's incredible. Incredible. But um, then I also showed myself stepping on the tough one just to show that it would break. And that video blew up, but not wow. for the reason I thought it would. People loved the sound. Wow. I, I never thought even thought incredible. about that. That's so yeah. cool. Yes. So, yeah. And I guess people are, were, did you know about that type of, what would you even call it? Is it like a, it's not a fetish, but it's like a, just an auditorial pleasure yeah. kind of, it soothes people, right? Exactly. It's, it's like a soothing thing. It's, it's calming in a sense. Calming. Um, yes. Were you were aware? Knew. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay, okay. I was aware of ASMR. I never thought that I'd be making ASMR videos though, but here I am today where it's some of my most popular content. And the, the way I look at it is maybe my educational videos don't go viral every day. Maybe some will, maybe some won't, but if I can get other content that I make to go viral, it brings people to the channel. They'll watch those videos and they'll still get educated either way. So that's that, the goal. And now I love that. So what is your, what is your kind of your process? Are you trying to make stuff like every day or you do like once a week or kind of what would you recommend to, or first, what are you doing? And then what would you recommend somebody kind of starting out? Definitely. I'd say in my personal situation, I have ebbs and flows of how much content I'm creating, but I think the goal should be consistency. I can't say that I always stay true to that just because of limitations, but whether you're posting every day or once a week, being consistent is going to help you out in the long run. Consistency. So I think, I think the personal best for me is posting on like every other day or maybe like the goal is probably three times a week, three or five times a week, but um, it doesn't always happen. So yeah, yeah. You, gotta, you gotta pace yourself, do what you can. Anything is better than nothing is really what I say. I think so. that's great. What you just said, anything is better than nothing. I feel like, oh, that's so true. Like that's, that's what I do sometimes where I'm like, I don't want to post anything today or I feel too busy or I'm doing this and that. And then just being like, I'm going to just go hold this in my hand and turn it, you know? So, yeah, and then that exactly. like goes crazy. I'm like, what in the world? Like that was, I wasn't going to post anything. And now it's like, yeah. so I, I think, I think it's just a fun way to kind of get into content creation kind of game. Yeah. It's the way I see it is it's like playing the lottery. You never know what's going to do well. Sometimes I'll spend, I'll put so much effort into a video being like, this video is going to do so great. I'm so excited to launch it based on like my past videos. It makes sense that it's going to go viral. Nothing happens with that video. Then I post yeah. something random. That's like so simple. Boom. There it goes. It's, it's it's so off. What would you get? Would you give any, like, if you had like one piece of advice to give someone who wants like, is there anything consistency wise that you noticed? I feel like mine was just, it's just like watch time or retention. Yep. Yeah, uh, watch time is probably one of the most important things when it comes to TikTok videos. So my point there is either have really engaging content or have short content. That's yeah. that's the that's the move. Uh, yeah, I feel like the, the 10, like 10, 15, 20 seconds, like somewhere in there is like, and yeah. that's still really hard. Like in film school, we had to learn how to make like a 30 second video, which at that time I thought was impossible. But then <laughs> when you really create micro content all the time, it really helps i think well, like what you said just get yeah. to the point get to the point exactly when i first started making content on tiktok back in oh wow that was probably may of last year um my videos were all the way up to that minute mark <laughs> and when i joined the creative learning fund with tiktok they're like you need to stop no more minute videos they're like it's just too long they're like we know that it's the caps a minute but that's the maximum yeah they're like you want to take advantage of your time but you want to be efficient with your time too so the main thing that I took from that was take all of that content, shorten it, but make sure you keep the important parts. 
it's the best case scenario and it seems really hard, but once you, once you figure it out, you can reapply those techniques over and over and over again with all of your videos. Definitely. I've noticed too, like, that's a great advice, by the way. I've noticed too, like just keeping uh, just some kind of hook in the beginning too, where people are like, wait, what? Or having a type of confusion where they're like, where is this? Or where is this going? That kind of helps too from on my end. Definitely. Yeah. If you can, if you can almost show the end of the video without actually revealing it, that's the best thing you can possibly do. Definitely. And it's just fun. Well, what do you think, where do you think like the future of 3d print, just like the overall, um, technology, where do you hope it is in like five, 10 years? Yeah. So, um, I, I think the biggest thing I'm looking for is the increase in size of resin printers and a decrease in price of resin printers. I think we're definitely seeing that. Um, I think FDM's already where it should be. The pricing structures, I, I think it's pretty good where it's at right now. Any cheaper than where it is right now, you're going to see compromises of quality, which I think is a risk rather than a benefit at this point. But um, I think seeing more SLA technology coming down in price compared to like the DLP printers, which are definitely getting very cost effective, um, the size is now the issue. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Unless you're doing like tabletop gaming, it's kind of very limited, but it's still exactly. fun. And I used to be all about FDM, but now that I've been getting more into like resin, I guess mine's more DLP, but it's like, it is messy, but it's just like, you can't beat that quality. It's just insane. Yeah. And once you, once you get used to it, you kind of figure out what you can do to kind of keep the space clean, whether it be having a HEPA filter, a HEPA air purifier running to keep the air purified and nice and clean, or just keeping gloves stocked up next to the printer and just remember to put them on. I know I have to go get some gloves. So how toxic is this really? I need to like look it up, but like, since you're a 3d printing consultant and what would you say to anyone who is using these resins, like for safety wise? <laughs> yeah. I'd say that the top three things is ventilation. Uh, those fumes they're they're not going to kill you, but it's not good to be breathing them in. I'd say, if you're in an enclosed environment, wear a face mask that can help reduce the particles that you're breathing in. Mm -hmm. But um, the other thing that I would say to do is maybe have a window open or have it in a very open space, like a warehouse, if you can. But um, I use them in a very small room. So my solution is to run an air purifier 24 seven. It's running right now. Thankfully, it's very quiet. So you don't even notice that it's there, but change out the filter, keep the room clean. Um, Gloves, super, super, super important. Um, the first time you come in contact with resin, nothing's gonna happen. Second time, you'll probably get a mild rash. Third time, pretty aggressive rash. And this is where it starts to get worse and you can actually develop an allergic reaction to resins that can lead all the way to anaphylaxis, which is a severe allergic reaction. Yes. So you'll yes. wanna be careful. Oh my gosh, see, I had no clue about that. I've had uh, anaphylactic shock like one time and it is no joke. So I didn't yeah. know it would get that serious. That's insane. I've been using yeah. my gloves, but I remember I made a video like a long time ago and I was doing a YouTube video and like touching the stuff and everyone in the comments was like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, I don't even know. Okay, what about curing it? Like, cause I don't have one of those curing chambers. Do you need mm -hmm. one of those or can I just use the sun? It really depends what type of resin you're using. If you're using four or five nanometer resin, which is like the standard DLP wavelength resin, throw it in the sun, you'll be fine. Um, mm -hmm. It might take a little longer, but you'll be okay. But if you're using more industrial SLA resin, you're going to need the cure because you need more than just that ultraviolet light. You need the heat. Oh, interesting. That's, that's okay. a big piece. I didn't know that. So are you, I know you do a lot on the tech side and like advice and helping people, but do you also design your own designs too? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, cool. I do actually do uh, a lot of design. My my go-to program is Fusion 360. It's what I'm comfortable with. But um, awesome. I've been trying to branch out into more kind of non like planar design. I, I tend to do more structural things rather than cosmetic things like sculpting. I'm trying to branch into sculpting a little bit, but it's yeah. definitely proving to be a challenge once you get yeah. into that mindset of everything has to be the right size length account for shrinkage and then it's trying to be a bit more creative when it comes to the sculpting piece that's a little different yeah would you so since you you did keychains back in the day but have you thought of any other like new products are you mainly like making too much content or like how do you like are you ever interested in like making your own product one day or are you mainly more focused on like trying to help people with their printers and things a little bit of both. There have been things that I've I've stumbled upon and made. Um, I'd say what I do the most is actually finding designs that work but could be better, editing them to fit my needs the best, and then that's what I'll print. But um, I did design this one thing called a link token Ooh. that I made, and the idea is that it's a print-and-place keychain that you pop an NFC tag into, and it can actually be programmed to link you to whatever website or social media you want. Whoa. I do currently have those listed on my website. I think it's it's a really cool product. You can you can reprogram them whenever you want. If if you don't have the means of doing so, I can program them for you ahead of time. Oh, cool! So, Link it's token. really cool. It's really simple tech. No batteries or anything. It's always gonna work. Wow! I'm pretty sure you could even buy one and program it to turn on your Tesla if you have one what man that's so funny me and amber my girlfriend we were talking about all this kind of stuff so like if somebody wanted to do this they would just go to your website what's the website that they can go to yeah the website's 3dprintinggurus.com okay Um, 3dprintinggurus.com yep you can go to the shop tab and there should be a few items listed right now cool i love that you're doing that that's so great i would oh and you got the 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 nintendo switch controller yeah, working on expanding the store. I think this is definitely like a back burner kind of initiative for me right now. Content definitely comes first. Me too. Um, but but it, I think it definitely has some potential to be rolled out with just a bit more effort. So that's definitely a long term goal. Hey, just the fact that you have them up, like, you know how many people don't have it? Like, if you don't have a store, like, just open one. Like, there's free ones, there's ones you can pay for. Like, I mean, yeah. who knows? Somebody might want to buy something from you. Exactly. You never know. Uh, when I first made that original video, I actually was selling the the Joy-Con grips then, and um, I didn't have a website launch. So I was kind of scrambling, how, how do I get these to people who want them? And my immediate result was eBay. It was, it was the simplest to get set up on with relatively good fees. So if, if you're someone looking to start selling products like this, eBay is a great place to start. Just watch out on use of logos. They uh, sometimes crack down on it. So just be careful with what you're doing. Do mm. your due diligence and research and you should be okay. Do you feel, yeah, great advice. Do you feel like, um, like having, um, like making the content and like being able to be seen by many people that that helps with your other kind of entrepreneurial sides of things? I think it really depends on what the part is. Like if, if I'm looking for collaborations with companies, Yes. Like I've done a multitude of collaborations over the past six months that have allowed me to meet and interact with some incredible people at different companies in the industry. But in terms of promoting a product, I'm a bit skeptical of the effectiveness in terms of direct sales, but in terms of like understanding the product and knowing it exists, 
it definitely works. I think some companies have seen significant success like Manscaped. I'm sure they, they were kind of like a little blimp on the map before TikTok, but once they started making content, they're probably one of the number one companies out there for their, their industry. So definitely, that's a great example. Um, well, what would you say, what would any advice would you give to someone who kind of wants to start doing 3d print or 3d print design or 3d printing, just any type of business, like any advice you would give them or anything, um, when you were first starting out, you wish somebody would have told you kind of thing. Yeah, I'd say be bold. Uh, don't, don't be afraid to put yourself out there, especially when it comes to looking for clients. They're, they're likely not going to come to you when you first start. That's just the truth of it. So be, be bold, go out there, find clients, find people who have problems that you can solve. That's, that's how you're going to get started. Just start doing the work. And if you can't find clients, create fake clients, make a product for a client that doesn't actually exist. And that's your, that's showing that you can actually do this. So when you do find someone that's a potential client, you can show them the work that you've done for a theoretical client and you can still get that position or that, that gig. If you're right, 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 right. That's, ah, dude, that's well said. Especially I love a part where you said about, uh, looking for like solving a problem, like finding something around you that's broken. Or I like this morning, I was like, man, I need something to hold my keys and my wallet, like right here. And I was like, I should make that. But that's what I didn't know in the beginning was like, I would just make weird stuff, but it wasn't like solving any problem. But now like kind of what you were saying, just solve looking for problems helps dramatically just make it easy to find ideas. I feel like. Yeah. One of the things I say when I'm trying to create content is does it do one or all of these three things? Educate, entertain or problem solve. Those are the three things to aim for when it comes to creating content for me on this platform. So all of them add value in some way or another. Um, having all three though, is like the, the Holy grail. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> I love that. No, that's like, that's, that's, that's beautiful advice. Whenever I was, uh, I noticed like I was making a lot of stuff, but it wasn't like, it was just something, you know, it would just be like a visual thing. But then I, w- I started last a few months ago going like, what can I make today? What something I'm already doing that could help somebody. And that changes your whole mindset of like, when you're thinking about creating some type of micro content. So what was it? Educate. It's educate, entertain, or entertain or problem solve. Oh, that's so good. Well, where's the best place for people to find your TikToks? Where would they search on TikTok to find you? Definitely. I'd say the, the easiest way to get to my account is to either go to my website and click on the link to my TikTok account or just search 3D Printing Guru on TikTok and I should be at the top of that list. 3D Printing Guru. That's awesome. All right. I want to play a game with you. It's just word association. So I'll just say two right. words and then just pick one or you can pass. Ready? All right. Okay. Uh, PLA or TPU? PLA. PLA. Uh, FDM or SLA? SLA. Oh, yes. 3D scan or 3D model? 3D model. Supports or no supports? No supports. <laughs> uh, STL or OBJ? STL. Precision modeling or sculpting? We already know that. Precision modeling. 100% precision modeling. <laughs> uh, Prusa slicer or Cura slicer or other? Cura. Well, Kira. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Kira. And then my mini factory or Colts 3d or thing of Colts 3D. Colts 3d, uh, shapeways or 3d hubs. Shapeways, uh, practical design or decorative 
design. Oh, Ooh, combining. I like that. No one's ever said that. That's I love that. Uh, sell a product or take on a client. Take on a client. There we go. Cool. That's all questions I have for you today. I appreciate you taking the time to meet with me. And uh, I would love to have you on a, another episode in uh, maybe season three or four. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. This is so much fun getting to talk to you and talk about the industry. It's something I'm extremely passionate about. So I'm more than happy to come back and talk about it again. Anytime. Cool. cool. Thanks, Thomas. Thank you all so much for listening with us today. And again, thanks to Thomas for chatting with me. Be sure to check out his website at 3dprintinggurus.com. I'll put a link below and as well as his TikTok channel, 3D Printing Guru. Stay tuned for next week. We're going to be talking to Jonathan from Maker Tales. Jonathan is a multi-talented maker who has a background in film, laser cutting, and he hosts a YouTube channel with over 18,000 subscribers dedicated to sharing his maker journey and helping others along the way. While you wait for the next episode, remember to get yourself a Print That Thing membership at ptt.live so you can start 3D printing your own ideas. I'm Jay Wall, and as always, keep creating.